Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Halftime Orange podcast and I'm your host Brenton Weber and today I'm having a conversation with Widemu Matthews. He's a husband, a dad, a mental and emotional well-being um, advocate and coach and the executive director of Brightspark Learning and Development and an integrative health consultant at the Centre for Health. Um, we are going to be exploring um, the how to how to avoid burnout. So, especially if you're leading a busy business life, this episode is going to be a, full of practical um, tips to not only recognise when things may be off kilter, but also some simple principles and models to follow to bring a little bit of balance back to life. We're going to also be covering flow state um, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. So without further ado, here is Wiramu Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Halftime Orange podcast with me, your host, Brenton Weber. Um, today I'm joined by a great guy, um, Wiramu Matthews, who I met a few weeks ago. Um, what do I mean? For those that haven't met you on LinkedIn um, uh, or, or, or met you in real real life, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey and what brought you to here, um, wherever you may be at the moment in your your career with your exciting. Um... Yeah, thanks, thanks, Brenton. Appreciate that. Um, I guess so for us, um, or my journey has been really interesting one actually for me personally. Um, and it actually started off with me um, experiencing burnout myself and being completely um, unable to move, um, literally couldn't do anything. Um, and in our family, uh, my wife and I have six kids, you not being able to do anything is not super helpful. And so I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was looking at the ceiling for two weeks thinking, you know, I'm feeling a whole lot of not good stuff um, because I wasn't able to help out um, do anything um, just at home, let alone um, work-related stuff. When, um, when was that, did you say? That was that was um, probably March, March, April 19. Yeah. And just completely couldn't do anything. So after a week of fighting that, um, my wife finally convinced me I should go and, you know, <laughs> see, see, see someone about it and get a, a different opinion, I guess, from what I was thinking. And... Yeah, they said, well, you're, you're this close. What were you thinking before then? I was thinking just get over it, you know, just kind of hurry up. I need to get some stuff done. Um, I need to carry on. I was thinking maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just a bit stressed out. Maybe I just need to, you know, have a little bit of a break. That was after the first week. I thought maybe I needed to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. I went to go and talk. Do you mind me asking, what do you, what do you think led you to that? What was it that led that you point? to that, that point? Yeah. Yep, yep. So, um, routing, I guess for me, looking back at it now, it was running multiple businesses, being on a variety of Fano and community marae trusts and a um, whole lot of non-profit kind of volunteering things that we did as well um, with our, you know, kind of about to be six kids at that time. Um, and just the build-up of that over time um, just got to me. I didn't have a process for looking after my my um, mental, emotional well-being. I had stuff that I did, but I didn't have it in a process. They were just kind of bits and pieces that I was doing, you know. Kind of ad hoc. Yeah, very, very ad hoc, man. Yeah, very ad hoc. And so actually that was the trigger point for me 
coming out of the system. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I came from. Yeah. And this is BrightSpark. Yeah, so we, BrightSpark is a, a learning and development company yeah. that we've had for about four years now. And actually this this year, actually it's coming out this month, next month, we've rebranded it to Kanuka for a couple of really important reasons. Kanuka Wellbeing and Leadership is what our, our brand is going to be now. Um, you want to explain a little bit about that? I would love you to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Kanuka is... You know, like a lot of people will be familiar with Kanuka, it's, um, or Manuka, and especially its cousin. Um, but Kanuka's got a couple of really important roles in the bush. Um, it's, first of all, it's not much to look at, you know. It's not like it's the most beautiful tree or it's the, the most delightful. It's not any of those things. It's not the tallest. It's certainly not, you know, the coolest. It's just an ordinary, common, you know, native tree basically, mm-hmm. um, but it has really important roles. And two of them- You think it's common, but like, I'm yeah, from the yeah, UK, yeah, yeah. and I walk, I like, I ju- I ju- it's like I'm on a permanent holiday in this exotic paradise. Like Every tree <laughs> is kind of beautiful um, and, yeah, and different yeah. to what I'm used to, where I'm from. So it's probably, for those for those listeners not in New Zealand, it's, he's, he's probably been that typical <laughs> Kiwi downplay as just some common garden, you know, exotic. Yeah, yeah. Just your common garden variety of trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Carry on. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, the two main roles that we see it playing, one one is it's got a role in a well-being role, basically. So one of its roles is that when a, when a bit of land or earth has been scorched or bent off or experienced some kind of drama, you know, any kind of trauma, whatever that might be, mm. it's actually the it's actually the one that comes up. It's, it's a really fast-growing species, so it pops up really quickly. It provides shade and nurturing, um, basically gets the soil ready for some of the slower growing uh, trees to come up. And so it's providing them shade, it's providing them shelter from the wind, it's helping to nurture the soil, um, you know, and it's doing all of these things to allow those other ones to come up. So from from our perspective, it has a bit of a well-being role in that, in that respect. And we, we kind of liken that to the same thing in some you know, organisations that we work with may have experienced some kind of trauma or stress or something that's not gone too well, um, which and need a little bit of. Doing at the moment. Yeah, exactly. This is this uh, one of those rare occurrences where there's this global, you, you know, shared experience. Obviously, different levels of those experience. You know, thank goodness yeah. we are where we are. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly, there's so many organisations experiencing it over the last six to eight months. And so that's kind of how we see that well-being aspect of Kanika. Another aspect that it has is a a bit of a servant leadership role and the fact that in the bush, it's also, it's quite a, it's not a tall tree, but it's taller than a lot of the other bushes. And so what that does is it actually coaches or encourages or forces some of the other trees, like your normal kind of Cody and Mm Tortoise and other taller native trees to push above the canopy to be able to right. get the sun. And so in that respect, it's not it's not being the leader in the forest. Like a pacer. Exactly. Exactly. It's the coaching one. It's the encouraging one. It's the one that gets them to get reach their potential. That's the one, you know, and that's exactly how we kind of see our kind of, I guess, delivery around what leadership is that we actually are not the hero. We're the guide. We're the ones to support, to encourage, to uplift, to strengthen. You know, and so it kind of fit with us. And and coming back to the, it's an ordinary kind of, <laughs> kind of because a very common kind of thing, is how we view ourselves. You know, 
we, we see ourselves, my business partner and myself, we're just a couple of ordinary guys, but we're trying to do some stuff that helps make other people extraordinary. Um, and so we've got a bit of a quote that says, you know, ordinary people who consistently do small and simple things that are right can achieve extraordinary results. And so that's kind of how that Kanuka idea fits in with our, our little bit of a quote there. Uh, and so that's that's really um, why we've gone with Kanuka Wellbeing and Leadership, as well as all of the different tree kind of analogies and principles, um, you know, playing your role within the forest, um, the root system, a whole lot of stuff going underground before you see anything above ground. Realising that you're part of a much wider ecosystem as well. We're all interconnected, that interconnectedness of the of nature. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. And so we, we ascribe to those values and beliefs, and so they're definitely part of what we promote. Um, it's certainly around deep connection is, is our core value, and so you know, that works well for the tree thing as well, deep connection first, you know, that root system, that underlying communication system that's underground mm. before you begin to see the fruits above ground. Um, and so that's kind of why, why we've gone with the new rebrand around it because it, we feel it describes yeah, us a whole lot better. I love it. <laughs> um, what, when did you say that the rebrand was due to go live? So next month. Yeah, next month. Spring really underway then. Uh, the yep. Great time for a, for a new sapling to kind of spring forth as well. So that's that's awesome. No, love it. That's the one. This, so we we, t- we touched on it. I mean, you're you're helping people um, deal with stress far better. I know that, that that's how we came together. I know that you reached out to me on LinkedIn, and I've mm-hmm. it's been a, um, a tumultuous few years and of course this pandemic i think i know some of the the basic things that i'm not doing right i mean you know you know me well you, we, we've spoken um trying to find time for myself is becoming harder and harder yeah um and i think that i've you know you certainly that that's a reward i'll give myself when we get to a certain level as opposed to seeing it as something mm-hmm. but how 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 universal is that am i am, how crazy, how crazy am I? Yeah, no, we're, we're all thinking the same thing, man. Like, uh, And that's that was actually part of me getting to the burnout space, you know, that kind of, that two weeks I couldn't move back last year. It was because I was always waiting for the thing to come to me later. You know, I just need to get this done and then I'll have a break. I'm just going to get this done. But we just don't give ourselves the time. And we might have the ad hoc kind of approach. And, yeah, I had a break and I had a bit of a holiday and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But... It's not actually this. It's the system that we need. That we need the consistency of doing that um, to be able to improve our productivity and performance over time. Um, and that's what I was missing. And and that's kind of why, you know, with people experiencing that stuff now, a big approach for me is you want to improve well-being. Don't think about nutrition. Don't think about going to do more stuff at the gym. Don't think about getting an F45 or a CrossFit membership. Think about how you're going to improve your rejuvenation first. I've been using one of your simple models. I love I love models that are deceptively simple. You know, ones that are really simple to understand yeah. and to apply, but have far-reaching you know effects. And um, we, the one that we talked about in the green room. So why don't you introduce 
the readers if you prepare to share that because yep. um i've i've already found in the two weeks since we met i found it incredibly valuable awesome yeah absolutely i'd love for more people to know about it and apply it too you know so a 1531 is the concept or the principle or the idea that came to me during my own period of that whole burnout phase and so the, the idea is this really simple 15 minutes a day three this is three hours a week and one is one day a month um, there's a whole lot more to it, but really it's saying every 15 minutes every day, I need to do something that for me is refreshing, rejuvenating, or re-energizing. And that can take a whole bunch of different forms and whatever works for people. But what I've found is the higher quality kind of activities we can do are ones where we are going to be in nature in some way, that we're going to be actually reconnecting in some way at a deeper level, whether that be on an emotional, mental, spiritual, physical level, or just the fact that we're reconnecting with nature at a deeper level. These seem to be higher quality activities to do within those 15 minutes, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to not do any work for 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, right. So you've um, got to be intentionally engaging with that mm -hmm. relax, whatever that is that brings you joy. Brings you relax. Yeah, whatever that is for you. Yeah, We're looking to experience. How, how much should I punish myself when I go over the 15 minutes? Because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get carried away. I my thing. I love making music. I've got I've got studio stuff. <laughs> stuff. I've got synthesizers and drum machines, and you know, I do it on my on my Mac. And so right. for me, like I that would that to give myself 15 minutes to just noodle and to just create sounds would be great. But I also know that I'll I'll get sucked in. <laughs> and I want to do it. For, I'd want to do it for hours, and all of a sudden this um this productivity. So. But is that because I'm not planning it? Yeah, is this yeah. because I'm not? It's not a system because I'm doing it ad hoc, and by the time I get to it, I desperately need it, so I go, I, I overindulge. Yeah, exactly, man. Yep, that's that's part of it. It's because your body's saying, actually, we need this. We need this space, and you know, we need to catch up on a whole bunch of stuff here, actually. <laughs> and so it's, I mean, at the same time, it's not to say take a whole bunch of time off when you've actually got some work to do. You know, as, as entrepreneurs, you know that you can't just leave stuff to happen. No one else is going to do it generally. Yeah, exactly. You know, so <laughs> we've got to get stuff done. Um, but I've, I, I agree with you. So it's really been intentional about, I've got 15 minutes, you know, it's only 15 because I've said, you know, busy people, we've got so much stuff on. I didn't want it to make it a longer thing. Mm. You know, that becomes the obstacle. If I said 30 minutes a day, Immediately, there's an obstacle. Mate, I don't have 30 minutes a day to do, do anything like that, just to sit around and do nothing. So it was that was really what it was about. 15, that seems doable. It seems manageable in a day. You know, Out of 24 hours, I could find 15 minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but you're right. The quality comes from being intentional about it and setting parameters to it. So being really clear on the boundaries between that's my 15 minutes of doing that and then I'm going to be able to refocus. If I need another 15 minutes later on the day to chill out again, mate, do it and then come back and refocus as opposed to letting it drift into two, three, four hours and then, damn, didn't get any work done today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from doing that, what else, what else do you wish your – I mean, it's one of those things I'm sure 
one of my one of my favorite phrases is a zen buddhist one i've probably i've probably i've noticed that on podcasting god you've got to have a lot of different stories because i'm worrying that i'm kind of coming up with a lot of the same stories <laughs> but it's seven times down eight times up and you know it's about how times you put and somebody pointed yeah. out to me in fact the producer of this very podcast i think it was um who said um it's what you learn while you pick yourself up again um, well, that's where the that's where the, the the learning is and where the growth. So I'm sure that in a way you're pleased that you were you went through what you went through. But absolutely, everyone can't go through that. Absolutely, so, you know, and and that that's not necessarily aligned with you know. You've obviously found your purpose in some ways by going through that as well because of of, of now you get to to have, have experienced it and you've got to understood it and so you can now help people. Um, what do you wish you'd have known? You know, other than what we've talked about, that 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 small model. What what else do you wish you'd have known leading up to it, or what would you what do you wish other people knew to avoid those situations? I wish I'd known to be more consistent in that part of it. Like I'm super diligent, consistent, and work stuff like as and and to a to a to a fault, you know. And that was part of the problem is that I'm so focused and and consistent in doing stuff that I get lost in just doing it, and I've lost the reason for doing it. You know, and so that, you know, for example, I have morning routines and I have, you know, nighttime routines and it's all around set up around productivity and performance. And and yet I did the, I've been doing it for years, but I got so good at doing the morning routine that it just became exactly that, a routine without any intention. I set the routine initially for the intention of getting into flow space so that I can be productive in the workspace. But when it just became me doing the routine and missing the actual purpose of it, it was a waste. And so I wish I knew before to be more intentional in the routines, which seems ironic, but it's actually, it's actually, we need the routine, we need the structure to be able to have the flexibility. We need the structure for the non-structure, we need the non-structure for the structure. You know, and so it was, it was a bit of a wake up for me to go, you know, I'm really good at doing the structure thing and being consistent, but I lose the purpose every now and again. So being more intentional and being more aware of why I'm doing this and focusing on that helped me a whole bunch. Um, and actually that's kind of also part of the 1531 is it helps me to refocus on why am I doing this again? <laughs> it gives me the time out to go, what's the purpose again? The thinking space and also the time to look back and go, actually I have been making progress, I just haven't recognized that. Right? And a lot of times we do that, we're so focused on going forward and, you know, Ever increasing, you know, profits and quarters and all the rest of it, and making everything better and bigger and all the rest of it, which actually is against the natural cycle. I've realised because we have, you know, four different seasons, not just all summers. Um, but <laughs> you know, giving myself the opportunity to look back and go, actually, that's been good. That's been good. That's been good. That's progressed. That's good. You know, and getting that feeling, which is what the fifteen three one is, is to help us get the feeling. Of progress. When we see progress, even if it's small, it gives us confidence, and confidence then gives us the ability to imagine. And imagination leads us to be able to do the cool stuff that we yeah, want. Yeah, to, to have that mental space to be able to dream. Yeah, yeah. So vital. Otherwise, we get stuck. There's so many places to go with this conversation. I'm trying to choose one. Um, I can see us getting down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the the time to the time to think. Do you think that? Like what, what do you see out there? I mean, it's obviously been a very stressful year. We're in New Zealand where we haven't had 
months and months and months of lockdown. We had that beautiful period with zero community transmission. You guys are now back to that. You know, Auckland, we're lagging behind a little bit. Um, well, we're not lagging behind. That's bad, bad language. But, you know, we are, this is where the cluster was. So we've still got some work to do. Um, but it seems like we're on top of it. But, you know, public safety is key. With all of this time that we've had to think, do you think in some ways that has benefited um, the way that we are all starting to think about business? Um, I definitely think so. And if so where, have you, where have you seen that? You know, give some examples. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that it's helped, but I also think that more thinking time has led to some people making decisions that, that haven't helped them. So I'll, I'll start with a couple of examples. One example is, um, yeah, a couple of, there's a business down the coast further that we've been doing some work with, um, forestry business. And so a lot of the time has been around, you know, they had, they had to stop, you know, during the COVID time. And so it gave the people the opportunity to think and actually reprioritize in their lives what's actually important to me. I've been doing 16-hour days for the last how many decades, you know, am I achieving what I wanted to achieve? Where's my family at with that? You know, and that, that, that time when we were, force is the wrong word, but the time when we were all together, you know, in your home, you, level four, we couldn't go anywhere, it forced people to think differently about what's actually the priority for me now. And coming out of that, you know, I got to have quite a lot of, kind of coaching conversations and just catch-ups really as well to hear about people saying during that time I actually got clarity on what's most important to me and now I'm going to change dot 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 mm -hmm. you know and some some of them they could control or influence things around the home right and that kind of family environment some also were wanting to extend that influence into the workplace and how they changed the working relationship and how that works um, but even business owners you know, thinking differently about actually, do we really need everyone here all that time? Mm. You know, is there a different way? Can we can we still be performing, but not having to be physically seeing each other? <laughs> you know, so it got them thinking about different questions, which I think has been such a good thing. Um, at the same time, I've been coaching and working with quite a few people who have actually had the opposite experience because this kind of period that they're used to having engagement with other people all the time and actually this period where they had to be just with their family was actually a bit of a crisis for them because they were cut off or felt isolated from all the other engagement that they would normally have um, outside the home. Extroverts, pure extroverts must be finding it really difficult. Yep. I, I've, I've learned myself, have you ever heard of the term centrovert? Yeah, apparently. I mean, I was I was reading. I was no. Yeah, a centrovert, and it's a it's a it's a legitimate term used by um, Young, um, uh, in Jungian psychology. And I, I can't believe that I haven't been. We, we we live in this binary world where everyone's either an introvert or an extrovert, yeah. <laughs> right? But I'm I'm very much I'm, since since discovering this archetype. I know I'm very much a, a centrovert. I love spending time on my own and you know, exploring the inner realms and, um, but I also, you know, yep. and sometimes I don't want to go, I don't want, you know, the, the, the pressure of going out and having to think of things to say, but then I've, I've got, I've got the excitement, like, you know, I <laughs> almost think that I'm bipolar because I go out and I'm so excited to be with people, um, <laughs> considering. So, so yeah, it's, it's funny. I, 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 so I, I, I agree. I think the people that were really true extroverts, um, it's not really shown that there are introverts and extroverts, but it has shown that there are, um, you know, there's some of us like a bit of both. Mm, yeah. 
as well. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. No, and I hadn't heard that term, but it definitely makes sense. And I, I'm probably a little bit the same, actually, is that, but I might be initially, yeah, definitely I like doing my own thing and getting my own stuff done. And I don't need anyone else to help me do that. Um, but certainly, if I haven't had any engagement, I don't, yeah. I don't really like that either. <laughs> like, I couldn't be, I can't not talk to someone. Yeah. Or I can't, like, yeah, I get a lot of from Have you always, is, is Zoom, is Zoom, did Zoom enter your life before 2020? Because loads of people, now it's everywhere. Yeah. I remember using it in November and, you know, you'd bring it up and they'd be like, what's that? What's, what's this new technology? Um, do you find that that's a really um, a, a big bonus about being able to, you know, like you and I can see each other at the moment. So there's, when it's just on the phone, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I found that'd be a good thing, definitely. And I I was doing zooms before for the people that were actually on, you know, able to do that. It was that wasn't such a new thing for them. So I was doing zooms before, but what we hadn't done was zoom workshops, and so we we started doing zoom workshops during the COVID thing, and and that was a bit of a yeah, bit of a mind shift for me around how to how to run a facilitated workshop on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Without, without getting the feedback, you know, from the actual energy of people within a room, uh, which is very different from trying to get that on on screen. I think there's, yeah. I think there's going to be an explosion in um, conferencing technology. Like, you know, we've got we've got VR sitting there. I, I always thought, you know, we've, for the last ten years, I've thought we can't be that far away being able to don our headset and we'll sit there in our virtual front room or in a pub, you know, or, or at the coffee shop or whatever it might be, yeah. and we can see a digital avatar of each other, and we can see that we can kind of we get a representation of the body language. You know, um, we can't be that far away from it. I mean, no, I don't think so. And you know, how cool would that be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it means that, exactly. Well, it means that the the the, the, the natural siloing that we've all, always had from our you know national boundaries, and you know, little old New Zealand, you know, punching way above its weight. We're left off uh, maps, you know, <laughs> by some people, you know, because we're yeah. down there. <laughs> we've got such a massive opportunity as New Zealand businesses, I think. Um, if like, I, I, we developed uh, a workshop and digitized it over the um, you know, the six week period that we had. We got it gave me the ability to do some professional um, qualifications, at, you know, with, with overseas. Like the, the the opportunities now are, are boundless, and especially as the whole world has had to embrace um, this 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 virtual world um, more so. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I've actually, I used to, actually for the last three years, I've been going every 90 days to the States, you know, for a, a strategic coach workshop. Basically, it's the biggest entrepreneurship coaching program. Um, and so I go over there, I was going over there every quarter, you know, and then during COVID, obviously couldn't go. But these last two um, sessions have been Zoom, you know, so it's just helped me go, man, what? Hang on a minute. What was I going over there every <laughs> quarter for? Like the stuff is gold. Like content is gold and all that, and the connection with people are awesome. But I'm like, I'm still getting a whole bunch of content just doing, staying right here, um, and enjoying being here, not having to travel. Right. So that whole time saving, but also um, energy saving. Um, you know, one thing I have noticed though that, that I still need to get back in some way is the physical environmental change 
separation, which allowed my thinking to be a whole lot different. Right, so it days. gave you time out. It gave you travel time. It gave you your yep. – I don't know. I was over in the UK at the start of the year. Um, and on the on the journeys, although I was allowed to get Wi-Fi, and I, I, I did for a very short brief time because I was leaving my – pregnant wife and um babies behind and so i, I wanted to to reach out it was a tough time but the i really enjoyed those, those periods where the phone was off and i was completely off the you know what i considered to be off the the radar I'm sure yeah. I'm still yeah. yeah no one can get me you do you it gives you this when do we get when do we give ourselves that or when does life allow us to have that amount of time just to just to consider things, just to ruminate. Yeah, yeah. And actually that's that's where the other part of 1531 came from. Mm-hmm. But the 1531, you know, there's two actual other numbers that go with the 1531. And so, yeah, we've got 15, oh, really? yeah, 15 minutes a day. Yep, we've got three hours a week. Yep, we've got one day a month. And so add all that up and you've still only got 10% of your time. Right, less than ten percent of your time, which if you invest in this way, actually makes the other ninety percent better. But the other two numbers are are three and fifteen again, actually, and it's three days every ninety days that I was doing by going to the states. So every ninety days I go away and I'd be three days, and that three day was long enough for me to completely rethink and relook at our organisation, our business from a whole different level, a higher level, to then question: What are we on the right path here? Am I even doing the right thing? And then to reset my next ninety day project, and so that's that's the the fourth number, and the other one's fifteen actually. So it's fifteen three one three fifteen. I, I was hoping it was, I was the mathematician in me was hoping it was. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Fantastic. <laughs> of course it's going to be, and that's the basically that's the that's pretty much what everyone calls your two week holiday, right? That's your, that's your end of your two week holiday where you actually completely break free from all that, and you're in a physically different space. You you. We usually go to a different environment, so we're not in our usual home space. Uh, we go away, um, and it's the reset, basically, for the new year that's coming. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the other two numbers, man. That's that's what I was going to add to that. Yeah, uh, that's great. No, I've got the full picture now because I've been I've been trying those first three numbers, and it has made a difference. It really has. Like when we spoke, I just came off. What? And it was a terrible time to get a cold when um, we went into lockdown. Yeah. And that made a lot of family members uncomfortable. <laughs> I was that coughing and spluttering. <laughs> but I got a really bad cold just at the beginning of lockdown too. Um, and it probably fits a pattern for me over the last few years that I will be hell for leather for three or four weeks. And I'll almost be at my – I'll feel like I'm at my optimum peak performance. I am smashing 12-hour days out. Without, without, but but then all of a sudden I will come crashing down after about eight weeks, nine weeks, and it almost like my body forces me into having it. And I desperately want to want to avoid that up and down um, you know, bipolar nature to my health at the moment. That's what it feels like. It's like I'm running great, and then boom, I'm down. And I know that it's. I thought you know the first thing that I said to you, I think when we met was. I know I need to do exercise. That's that's the thing. And I was beating myself up about the lack of exercise that I was doing as well and piling it on. Yep. But the, and I'm like, don't be guilty. Yeah, yeah that's, that, <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> bloody help. Um, it it yeah, was yeah. when you've got to take time for yourself. It was such an insightful – Is that you must get that reaction when with, with a lot of – 
you know, and I won't call myself this up, but you know, high-performing CEOs and uh, and whatnot who are, you know, they're probably their their own worst enemy on, on so many levels. We've got yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and so we've got a a business called the Center for Health as well, which is an integrative um, health space. So you know, basically integrative from the perspective of all different Western approaches to medicine, but also indigenous Maori approaches to, to mm-hmm. well-being. And so, uh, as you yeah, remember how I was talking, I used to be a pharmacist back yeah. in the day, but kind of went away from that. So then I went into a whole bunch of other different areas, which is more around the Western philosophy around integrative, you know, health, holistic well-being, I guess you could call it, and did this other thing called psychoneuroimmunology. So psycho thoughts, neuro feelings, immunology, immune system. So the how all of those things affect each other. And so that resonated really well with a te ao Māori approach, which is you know, from a te ao Māori perspective, it's the wairua and hiningaro, you know, the, the kind of energy within us that, that continues. In the Centre for Health, we were seeing so many professionals, so many um, senior leaders, so many CEOs, directors, all that, that after 30 to 40 years end up in there because of a heart attack. Now, the Centre for Health was actually started as a cardiac clinic and we got to see all of the people that would come after a heart attack, after myocardial infarction, after any kind of heart, you know, trauma, they would be, you know, they could come and see us and would be helping them, supporting them. I was like, why are we seeing you now 40 years after the fact? I would prefer to have talked to you 40 years ago to help you not get to this point in the first place because now they they've been forced, exactly what you were saying, but they've been forced to rest when for 40 years they haven't known how to do that. But now you've been forced into rest. It's actually a, a difficult change mentally to make when you've been so full on busy, 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 doing, 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 producing, 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 and your body's actually said, actually, no, nah, we're not doing that anymore. You're going to, you know, heart attack, forced to rest. Now you just sit still for a while. And, you know, it's basically the extreme version of what happened to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so I'm wanting to not have that happen to me, obviously. And so I needed to change what I was doing. But it really was helping, you know, for these people in these kind of roles to realize that actually you've you've got to start introducing that stuff before you end up in the Center for Health, before you have the heart attack. And... You know, in the business world, these are happening all the time. You know, we're seeing this happen more and more often these days because, and generally on Monday mornings, <laughs> yeah. most common times to have a heart attack, Monday morning. And there's a reason for that. Mm. Yeah. So, everybody, don't go into work on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Monday, Monday morning, morning. And it's after the two week holiday. It's after the end of your holiday. It's going right. back then. So, I mean, that should, that should be telling us something. It's been like that for years. Um, you know, so there's a whole other space. You know, it's not just around. Yeah, you need to, you know, cut down on your cholesterol and all the rest of it. But actually, there's a whole bunch of other stuff to influence that. Um, it's that psychological and emotional well-being. Um, so that's that's kind of a bit of background on that story around why actually another reason why I got into mm. doing this um, because I, I was sick of seeing people at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, how much you, how much do you think that's that that's how our systems, our healthcare systems, are kind of set up? Like there's oh, 100 percent. There's great work being done, and and one of the reasons why I had to get out of it because 
you know, it was just very much it's great people, you know, great people that work in the health system and they're genuine and caring and authentic and want to help people. The system, however, doesn't necessarily allow them to do what they would like to do. And the system doesn't allow them to um, have that more preventative approach because they're so reactive in everything that they need to be doing. And so actually part of our Centre for Health thing is actually re redesigning a primary healthcare system. And that's what we've kind of started doing here in Tauranga is offering a whole different way of doing primary care um, to give people the opportunity to choose something else. And then hopefully as they continue to choose that, that we make the current one obsolete. How are you how are you getting people to, to realize realize that this is what they need before they're lying on the floor? <laughs> um not, not able to move for for a week. I mean it, it's like um it's, it's like so many things, like mental health. Sometimes you have no idea the mental health strain that you're under and how close you were to popping until it's gone. At the time, this is just something that you're you know, your, your, your neuroscience is battling in the, in the best way it knows how to kind of get through, you know, get through. We, we only, we, you don't know what you don't know. Um, exactly. How do you, how, how do we get more people to value this earlier on while they, while they should be assessing it, not when the, uh, the situation forces them to assess it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we've tried to do is emphasize and put more educational kind of resource into the, recognizing the stuff that happens, you know, way before the big thing happens and being more aware of that. So helping people realize that, are you having colds as soon as you, you're, you know, having colds very you know, often? Are you as getting, soon as you take the foot off the gas, bang, there's a cold. Yeah. Are you getting that happening? Well, yeah, that's, that's a kind of indi indicator to say that there's something else going on here. If you're only experiencing a whole lot of summers as in super productive and then straight to winter as in you can't do anything, you have a cold, right? Then how do we, you know, how do you, how do we help you recognize that's something that's an indicator to say actually you need to not just have winter and summer. You need to introduce some autumns and springs there. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so that, we, need, we need rest every night, so we need to sleep, you know, to, to exactly to prepare yeah. for the following day. Yeah, and how do we take those macro principles into the micro day to day? Yeah. Which is exactly what you're saying. And so really a lot of us has been educational sessions, you know, helping to increase the awareness around there are some telltale signs that lead way before this happens. You know, it's recognizing within people having their own awareness around the patterns that they're actually stuck in now that will, if they don't do anything about it, turn into the the lying on the ground for two weeks kind of thing or having a heart attack or whatever yeah. it is. The Social Dilemma, have you seen that movie yet? It's on Netflix. It's all about the stress that social media is is basically putting on society. Do, do you do you do you see? Like it's funny. I don't I don't necessarily think CEOs are getting addicted to Facebook and Instagram, but you know, do you see that kind of behaviour? I, I I definitely went through a phase with LinkedIn where it was feeling like I had to. I never felt like I was seeing enough. <laughs> like there would be parts of my industry that I wouldn't see the 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 latest bit of thought leadership from and it would mean that I'm disadvantaged and I'm not as much of an expert as I can so you kind of get addicted <laughs> to that type of social media I mean do you see social media being an impact on on this about the phones always being on etc I you definitely do and it's not just the social media it's anything on your phone 
it's the calls, it's the emails, it's the notifications, it's the, you know, every, anything that has a notification function on your phone, it's all of those things. But it's just that social media seems to be super good at being super addictive and is, is absolutely designed that way to be so. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a really good book that I read about that when it came out a few years ago, which is all about how all of these social media things are designed, the colors, the everything, the, the dings, the notifications, or very specifically, there's billions of dollars being poured into it becoming more addictive. Well, now they've got AI onto it. It's a scare. I recommend you watch this documentary. It's the latest Netflix one. So, um, a previous guest um, pointed out to me, somebody else mentioned it. And um, yeah, it would certainly seem like there's an ethical gap between. Um, you know what the tech, what the technology industry set out to start doing, to what what some of those operators are doing, and you know, see, I've always referred, I've recently I've been referring to them as dopamine thieves because they're kind of um, hijacking the dopamine reward system. We talked about flow before. I would imagine that social media is one of the biggest ways that we get knocked out of our flow state. If there are listeners that don't know about flow state, can you give us a bit of a you know, bit of an understanding about what it is and how to get into it and what it isn't. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, so from my perspective, yeah, being, yeah, I guess that's from my perspective, being in the flow state has been in a place where you can actually um, be super productive. You're getting a whole lot of stuff done without really feeling like you're having to expend a lot of effort in doing it. It feels like you're in a space where it just flows through you, you know, and so you get whatever insight, guidance, you know, ideas, strategies, or whatever it might be that just seem to come to you and you just, you know, are able to implement them with ease. You're able to just get it done. I, I try to do a lot of that. In fact, my morning routine is built around trying to get into that state. Um, so I have a process that I go through. I do writing. I do, you know, kind of reading something that's uplifting, inspiring, and then I kind of get into a bit of a meditation and then I'll get into some the very thing that I've got that I need to get done that morning that I've planned the night before. You know, so it's... I very much structure my morning to do that because, you know, there's the research that says that first three hours of your day is the, the most important and most productive <laughs> time that you're going to get uh, before considering everyone else's stuff. Now, the problem with that is most people, first thing they do in the morning is check their phone. Now, checking your phone is going to tell you everything that you've missed <laughs> that you need to be notified about, you know, from the last, you know, eight hours or whatever. And we immediately get pulled into... Um, stuff, right? And it's generally other people's stuff. Um, so I, I do my best not to look at my phone at all for that first, at least hour of the day. In fact, I try and make it to the first two hours of the day where I haven't looked at the phone at all. Um, so I don't actually ha- I haven't even looked at emails. You know, I try to not do any of that because I want to just be focused on the one thing I'm trying to get done that day, which, you know, my whole morning routine is set up to help me get that one thing done. Um, and so that's, that's how I view flow state is that I can get myself into that space and if I can do that more consistently then my body and my mind and my circuitry and everything gets used to doing that so now flow state becomes a state that I can tap into consciously without having to necessarily it be a fluke or something else had to trigger it you know I, I want to, it to be happening on a regular <laughs> occurrence which is, is irony because you know can you set a routine for flow? You know? Yeah, yeah, because it's one of those things that we were, we were talking about. For, it's, it's, for me, it's similar to the Zen Buddhist 
concept of Sartori, that feeling almost where you get lost in the moment mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, the the past and the future kind of disappear and you realise where you are. And, and But as soon as you realise you're in it, you're out of it. <laughs> it's like you can't, you can't look for being in, in Sartori. It's definitely the journey, not the destination that you're trying to reach to. You're trying to get. And that's for me, I take the kind of practical approach to how is this going to benefit me is how I can how can I use this principle of flow, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I use that idea of I need to set the routine up in my morning routine, the space in the morning to get into that space. Yeah, it doesn't work every day because there's always, you know, for, for example, my kids get up. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they can be a challenge to to that. Or, you know, whatever they they get up earlier than they normally would, you know, because I try and do this before they even get up. Um, but sometimes you're always going to have different things happen that disrupt it in some way. But I guess the intention is that I'm trying to get into that state so that I can get some stuff done that I've determined as part of my future self is what I would like that to look like. You know? um, and so being in the state to be able to, I guess, practically do that <laughs> for me is, is what the flow thing's all about. Yeah, it's, it's a state that I, I search for. I haven't got... I think that's why I got so excited talking to you um, initially because I haven't got these systems in place. That is why I've got too many winters coming in my summers. Um, <laughs> so, so for people like me that wanted to reach out to you, I'm sure there's there'll be people listening that are feeling. Uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's just noticing the warning signs. That's a big, big key, right? So, somebody who has, yeah, maybe. Um, Maybe he's onto something here. How? Do, how? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? What's the best way to get? You know, what's the what's the fastest type of help that you can offer to people? And how can we help you? And um, the Halftime Orange Podcast. How can we get more of your very important message out to to business leaders? Because I see how this is so such a a a, a, a leader who's in flow is far more um, exciting. To work with far more of a, um, a, a far better at building a culture around, um, far better for the the customer, far better for shareholder experience. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So, so how? Absolutely, so it how? Is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the the getting contact with me is best is on LinkedIn actually at the moment is because we're in between our kind of brand changing. Um, eventually, it's going to be Watermoo at wellbeingandleadership.co.nz. It's currently not working, but. That's what that's what our domain is going to be, and our website will be at you know wellbeingandleadership.co.nz. Um, but at the moment, LinkedIn's the best place to find me. You know, just searching Watermere Matthews or actually searching up New Zealand Leadership is going to find that as well. Um, so, those are really the best place to find me. As far as what's the best thing I could share at the moment, it's definitely the fifteen three one. You know, because like you've said, man, like everyone is overly busy and and we're just busy being busy mm. we're missing how we can be more productive and i i feel that 1531 is a principle that helps people to to not only improve their personal well-being but also improve their personal leadership at the same time um, that allows them the space to do boundaries to, to to become more productive in their personal um you know whatever it is whether it's work whether it's as entrepreneurship whether it's as a, in a business it just gives you a boundary and a space to function within that doesn't, at the same time, you know, make your well-being worse. And that's really what it was all about for us is, yes, we need to be performing. Yes, we need to be productive. But I don't want to have to do it while sacrificing my own well-being. 
Um, well, I, th- I mean, I, I think I'm, I've tried this. You know, we we spoke what three weeks ago, I think, when we first um, started talking properly. We'd, we'd we'd met on LinkedIn, but that's when we had a proper sit down. Um, and I've been yeah. trying to get this fifteen. And only the first half. I've now been exposed to the rest of the story, which is really good. I can start planning that that, that three um, the three days and the and the fifteen days as well, which is cool. And the effect that it's having the effect that it's had on on my mental well being means that I'm certainly going to be um, getting in contact with you know we're going to be extending our relationship beyond here. Um, I invite everybody to do exactly the same. I, I, we we spoke previously um, off. Um, off mic that um, we, we think that there's some chronic busyness going on out there. Um, I think that's why Kiwis are so valued overseas. When I was in London, there was like, oh, great, you know, we've got a Kiwi who's turning up. Those guys work their nuts off. <laughs> you know, you know give them anything. They'll just run and run and run doing it. Yeah. And, and then when I came here, I realised that very, I, I, I didn't work in very many organisations where thinking was valued. It's like if you're sitting around doing nothing, well, I'm sorry, your thinking doesn't have any value. You need to be typing something or so moving something or do something or <laughs> watching your activity. So um, I wonder whether that's the reason why um, our small business community has got such embarrassingly low growth. You know, our growth is yeah. our, our small business community, which is the majority of companies um, in New Zealand. We're yeah. growing at less yeah. than the, the the rate of growth of the country. I think it's two point two percent, or something around the figure. Yeah, I do think that's because of the chronic busyness that that you're alluding to, and that I've always I've always thought was out there. I agree, man, and that's definitely part of it. Like we, part of the thing that we get leaders to do now is actually set boundaries on strategic thinking time and we honestly try to just get them to do one hour a week of strategic thinking time where they do not do anything else and on it it's been such a difficult concept to get across irrespective of how many stats we try and give you you know all the kind of stuff and all the rest of it it's just behavior the behaviorally and culturally as you say in new zealand i mean behaviorally we're just locked into a pattern that we've been doing for so long that it just you know, we haven't realised that it's a pattern we're stuck in. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's been very in the old world. It was a very useful, you know, that that uh, grit, just put your head down and just yeah. get on with it. But I, I think it, as the, we yeah. we talked about the the um the the boundaries, global boundaries falling away. I think it's going to be really important for us to um mm. become more product, more more um our our output and our outcomes to be become better and for our growth to become because we've got the opportunity to grow on an international stage now with so many of our products and services, which are great because we work so hard to make them great. So, yeah. 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 Now it's the time to work smarter, not harder. It's a very trite comment, but it's so true, right? Work smarter, not harder. Well, in our industry, you know, that these days it definitely has to be like that. And most people are working in spaces where actually it's the thinking stuff that needs to happen more often, but we just don't make time for it. Just don't make time for it. And, you know, it's got to change. If we really want to see improvement in business growth, you know, in our country, it has to, it has to switch around. We have to actually get into those thinking spaces more often. Definitely. So so we will, we will put links in the notes about how to reach out to um, Wedamu and his team as well. Um, 
I, I I encourage everybody to, you know, if they're feeling like, you know, they're having to make compromises in certain bits of their life and there's balance missing, um, busy busy business people, please reach out to a remove um, with the with the um, with the links. And um, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Look, before we go, I always like to we, we won't get into too much detail here. I always like to ask um, my guests. Um, you know, what's the best customer experience that you've, or what's one of the best customer experiences that you've had of, of late that sticks out and, um, and what's the effect it's had on, yeah, yeah. on you as a client or a customer of that company? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Uh, what is the best customer experience I've had recently? Okay, yep. So we went to a, we're, actually, we didn't get to go to, we booked in to go to a restaurant, one of our favorite Thai places here the other night, um, my wife and I, and we're trying to book to get our whole family in there. Um, they were super booked up, couldn't do anything. You know, they, you know, there was no times available basically. Um, but the guy that we talked to was such an awesome guy. Um, on the phone, you know, as we're having that conversation, he was like, you know, really apologetic. Look, we can't make it tonight. What about tomorrow night? Giving us so many different options. What about we can make something and drop it off to you? What about this? What about that? You know, but not in a kind of not in a way where it felt like, man, just get off. We're trying to go for yeah, some yeah, else. Yeah. He actually, he actually engaged us to the point, how many people, you know, oh, it's for our family, da-da-da, you know, and he's talking about that, and then, oh, maybe the kids would like, da-da-da-da, you know, and that actually made a quite a big impression. What happened was we are like, yeah, okay, don't worry, man, we can't book in, that's so good, we, we can't do tomorrow night either, and, and any of the other options didn't seem to work at the time. Um, so we went, we went back home and went to, we were actually on our way to a spa, actually, and so we went there, came back home, and, and we were like, actually, let's just, Let's just order food and get Uber Eats and they'll get delivered here. And so we, we went to the we went back to that guy. We ordered the thing and said, "Man, we should get it dropped off. That'll be awesome." There you go. And people who feel listened to, when you feel listened to and cared for by a company, exactly, you know that 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 puts you in a in a different in a completely different position in their their minds and their hearts than um, just uh, you know going through the motions, doing the same thing. You know, just just doing gave yeah, us options. Yeah. Gave us options. We felt good about it. We were emotionally and intellectually engaged, right? And then, and then we went away, and we still came back. You know, two hours later, and we, yeah, now we'll, we'll yeah. still get it. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> what a great example. And um, look, before you go, so you know, the flip side. What's the worst customer experience you've had of late? Um, worst one of late. Mm, I can't. Yeah, I can't actually think of one that I've had recently. Um, uh, uh, what about historically? Yeah. Historically, it would probably be just yeah. I, I can definitely think of one historically, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and that was like that was like going into a place and just being completely ignored, you know, and not heard at all. Not even you know, not even kind of given any kind of questioning, or not not even given any kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a feeling of connection. Yeah, just not even a feeling of connection. Not, not even if it was no words, it didn't even get a feeling of connection. Not even, not even a nod or, you know, just a... Not even an acknowledgement. That's what I was looking for. Not even an acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, which would give me a sense of connection at least, even if there was none. <laughs> um, so that's, that's what we're going to talk about. That part is so important that a lot of retail, some retailers don't realise how important a friendly smile and a nod. It's way more important than being asked, um, can I help you? Um, you want exactly, to feel man. safe. You want to feel safe in an environment. And unconsciously, all that neuroscience is going off looking for all unconscious tells. 
And if someone if someone races up to us and says, "Hi, can I help you?" We kind of know that they're after our money. So all of a sudden, the, yeah, yeah, the barriers are up. You know, are they are they looking to help me or are they looking to help themselves? You know, like we all know, we play the game that, of course, it's to help everybody. We they need to make money. Um, we need to solve our problems. But still, I think uh, it's that it's that swapping of an exchanging of resource that needs to be a a good. That is hundred percent. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and if you don't get that, it's hard for you to stay in there, you know, because you haven't actually got settled in that environment, you know, because you haven't been acknowledged, you haven't you know, felt comfortable yet. Your brain's still going, "Hey, are we still safe here?" You know, and haven't haven't got that kind of feeling yet, and so you you, you aren't going to engage because you haven't been given the it's all good feeling. Did you know it's actually quite a good way to? I think you know the car industry calls them tire kickers. But it's a really, it's a really good way to um, self-select people who are interested in actually purchasing something. Because the human brain, what you'll be doing is you'll be going in there, and if you've got a specific problem in mind, then you're a far more, uh, you're, you're you're on the lookout for those cues a lot more, and you're also um, mm-hmm. you are prepared as soon as you feel safe and that the price is right. You know, you're not going to be ripped off, you're going to be hassled. You will. S- Tell them what the problem is. Like you've got somebody. The the key is to try and get it in between. So to ask them to look for the tells where they're as soon as they start looking looking around for help, or they're starting to have a look at some prices. That's when you should be introducing yourself. But chasing them straight out the bat, or even worse, leaving them yeah. alone completely until they yeah yeah I'm like, until yeah. they just leave. <laughs> Widamu, I could talk about this and other subjects with you for hours. Um, I can't believe where the time's gone. Um, I just wanted to say once again, thank you. Um, I hope um, anyone out there who's listening who thinks um, um, they, they they could do with a little bit of um, systemic organisation around uh, them looking after themselves, especially their, their mental state and, um, you know, avoiding burnout, please reach out to um, Widamu and his, um, his awesome company. Thanks again. Thanks, Brenton. Really appreciate the time. It's been awesome. And yes, there's lots of stuff we could talk about for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet ads. All right, mate. Well, um, yeah, you go well, and I look forward to to talking with you again very soon. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it interesting. Um, as a further sign of gratitude, we'd like to pass on a 30% discount to all listeners um, on the HTO Educate Learning Management System. We, uh, we've, we've launched it recently um, with a base level of um, courses that really focus on helping companies get through this really tough year, looking at mental health management, looking at um, managing virtual teams, setting up home offices. There's a, a, a very strong focus on health and safety as well, because we certainly believe that at the moment your customers, the very base level of customer service that they're expecting is to be safe when they're doing business with you. So so please have a look um, at the website, see whether it's something that could be of value to you and your teams in a year where it's very difficult to, to find time to track and to refresh skills and we'll put the we'll put the address in the notes um, to this episode um, along with the, the discount code which is hto podcast 
30. But yeah, that will be in the notes. So once again, thank you. And I look forward to talking with you on the next podcast.